Welcome, everybody, on a Sunday episode of Yankee Chronicles Podcast. I'm Bobby Ryan. I'm here with Evan, Rob, Donald, and joining us again is Nick. So it's been a it's been a busy week. The Yankees finally got the DJ news uh, out of the way. We were all excited. The news broke while we were recording uh, our last episode. So if you want to see that, check it out. And they also made a, a move later that evening for Corey Kluber for one year. Uh, the, the, the amount per the year, the saying, you know, 11 million plus, um, really has me a little uneasy about that kind of commitment being that it's just one year, Nick, do you think that it, being, it was only one year deal, it was worth the risk? I think so because showing that he's a two time Cy Young award winner before he had his freak injury, but if the worst case scenario happens, yeah, just a one-year deal. So I'm okay with it. And getting DJ LeMahieu so cheap, that allowed this to happen. Uh, yeah, no, I, I think it's, you know, I thought it was a good risk. Yeah. Well, yeah. um, it, it does help the rotation. It does help out Cole. And mm-hmm. you still don't know what else is in the works. Now, one thing that they um, – one announcement that they did finalize is with the MLB season maintaining all the new rules from the from 2020. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rob, do you think that this was a good move by baseball to just keep it status quo for one more year, or are they really just shooting themselves in the foot with the fan base? Oh. Some of the, like one rule, the one rule that I kind of don't have a huge issue with is the three batter minimum for the bullpen. I think I said that on our very first episode, the, the seven inning doubleheader I could do without, I'm actually okay with universal DH, but um, yeah. what it, the other, the other thing that I can't even think of it. What's the other rule that they had? From last? Oh yeah. That, that needs to go. I hate that. Absolutely hate that. It, it's, it could work in like, if the game gets to like 12 innings, 13 innings or later, but if you get to the 10th inning and the game, you know, there's no more strategy involved and it's just the runners at second. I hate that rule. Um, if you're playing 162 game season, expanded playoffs just does not make sense. No, it doesn't Mm -hmm. make sense at all. Uh, Donald, do you like the idea if if the, uh, the runner, the extra inning role with the runner on, on second base, should yeah. that start and maybe to instead of going doing it right into the tenth inning, should that be something if the game goes into the eleventh inning? Yeah, that's exactly what I proposed in last uh, Sunday's podcast. I thought that's that's the way it should go. I think uh, um, the tenth inning is too soon, um, and um, I mean, obviously, with the way the Yankees hit with runners in scoring position, it's not actually that easy to get a runner over from second, but. Um, but it does take away strategy and all the kind of uh, and all these kind of things about that. So I know I, I hate it. I think it's I think it's so stupid. And mm. I, I understood these uh, kind of hokey rules uh, in a shortened sixty-game season when it was kind of a, a a race to the finish, and you 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 know you had dealing with COVID and all that stuff. We're still dealing with COVID. But, um, I could kind of understand those, but over an extended season with these kind of hokey rules, I just don't understand it. Plus, uh, 
I don't even think we'd, we'd see, a, 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 you know, kind of wondering how we're going to see out these kind of number of games anyway, unless there's some major restrictions in what these players are doing, you know, after the ball games, you know, yeah. make sure that this uh, coronavirus doesn't spread. If you look at basketball. Um, yeah, it's out of control right now. So many, so many uh, postponements. And then you're looking at like the 76ers fielding like eight man teams and things like that. I mean, you're not able to fill a bench. They're playing. They had one guy that was injured sitting on the bench just to fill up the, the minimum quota. So these are the kind of worries that we're dealing with in baseball, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, that's that's something to consider, guys. I don't know what you guys think. Yeah. So Evan, the um, with the with the bringing back the universal DH, do you think that helps the trade market um, for the time? That, you know with the rest of this offseason being that the free agency has been going so slow? I mean, I think it should. That's the only rule from the entire list that I like. And I think if we have the ability to have a 162-game season, I don't understand why they need to make all these rule changes. Um, just because we did it last year, for me, it kind of feels like what Manfred's trying to do is use COVID as an excuse, implement what we did last year, and then after two or three seasons of doing this, he's going to say, oh, it worked out perfectly. Now we're going to use it. Yeah. Well, did it work out perfectly? Because last year there were a lot of things that were in issues and it was only a 60-game season. Now we're going to do it over 162 games. Um, so, yeah, I do – to answer your question, I do think – um, the DH rule probably opens up the market in the National League uh, because if you look at the National League, it's normally, you know, not a home run hitting league uh, as far as your bench players go. Um, so if you implement the DH, um, you know, players like uh, Kyle Schwarber, who just signed with the Nationals, he doesn't really have a position. So now he's perfect for the Nationals because yeah. he does. Right. Yeah. And um to put the trade talks on the back burner for now, we could be getting into that later on. Um, Nick, there was the one thing that the four of us had discussed, and I don't know if you if you heard us talking about it, is shortening the season by eliminate either just cutting the season by twenty games or eliminating the interleague play for the two for the twenty twenty one season to give more of wiggle room for makeup games, you know, any, or if they're COVID related rainouts, do you think that that's something that the, uh, the owners should look into? Uh, I not really sure. I never actually thought about that, but I mean, maybe if they think that that's going to be the best solution, sure. But, I don't know if that really will be the best solution, to be honest. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, because, you know, we don't know. If but, yeah, I'll, I'll tell you this. One, oh, sorry about that. But oh, what we were talking about earlier, um, about the universal DH, yeah, that's something that I'm definitely all for. That's the rule that I'm more in favor of than yeah. anything else. Yeah, I agree with that. All right. So, um what do we think about um, – we, we know what trade rumors are out there. We know the main focal points of the players that they think that the Yankees should get. But do you still think that there is a possibility they re-sign Tanaka? Robert, what do you think? 
No, I think um, if the report that just came out like an hour or so ago that he wants one year for close to like 18 million or something, if that's, if that's, yeah, we're not, we're not bringing him back. I think there was a lot of truth to the fact that it was either Yankees or going back to Japan. Mm -hmm. Um, Unless he wants to go pitch on the West coast, you know, he might be a really good fit for it. Like the angels who who really need pitching if they can't get uh, Bauer. Plus, I think it'd be really fun to see him and Otani in the same rotation. That'd be very big oh, for the international market. Sure. No, so, I don't even put that into consideration with him and Otani. But um, I, I don't think we're bringing him back unless he um took a lot less money because the Yankees is if they're if they're operating on a budget, they're not going to give him eighteen million. As good as he's been for us, his contract turned out to be really good. He pitched phenomenal for seven years. I just don't think for eighteen million, I don't think he's coming back. Right, I'd say he should be come back at like less than ten million. Going to come back, but yeah. eighteen million, yeah, just no way. No, I think I think even with the money that they saved on the contract with Lemayhu, not having mm-hmm. to to empty the purse to grab him, I thought you know, I think with the asking price for that Tanaka is asking for, if those rumors are correct is he just outpriced himself for a comeback to the Bronx. Evan, do you agree? Yeah, I agree completely. I think that, um, one, limiting himself to a one-year deal deal is foolish. I think if he tried to get a backloaded contract with us, we might accept. Um, Like Nick said, it has to be under $10 million. So if you could convince him to do $9 million this year, 14 next year and 9 million on the third year that that's a pretty decent deal um i wouldn't do it at this point but um you know it's an option maybe he tries to take a two-year deal but it seems like a bunch of these players at this point are just trying to get their one-year deal he's not worth one year between 15 and 20 million dollars right you know you're not paying him for what he used to do you're paying him for what you think he's going to do in the future um, right. So for me, I would give him that three-year deal that I just suggested um, because the length of it is about three years, $32 million, and he gets to retire Yankee, and you don't have to worry about paying him this year. You just worry about paying him next year. Um, so I think that's an option. Unfortunately, I don't think he's going to take that. I think he's going to take a one-year deal in either Japan or you guys mentioned the Angels. I think that's the – the easiest fit i also think the padres have money and they could get him and that rotation would be absolutely nasty if he's the poor starter yeah, already is, as it is but adding tanaka to that that'd be unbelievable oh, oh man yeah. man <laughs> also um also what happened this week was um the yankees settled a lot of the um arbitration hearings um couple of a couple of notable ones judge will be making um just under 11 million uh, Torres is only going to get four million. Now, I thought that that difference in the salary was a little interesting. Um, mm-hmm. being that Torres has been on the field more, you know, than Judge has. So, did you guys think that the four million for Torres was low, Donald? What do you think? Um, uh, I, I can't. See- I'm an expert in, in the arbitra- arbitration hearings, isn't it? On length of service and things like that. 
That's correct, be, Donald. Yeah, I'd be more worried about uh, discussing the 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 terms when it comes to actual contracts. Mm-hmm. Personally, I think that's a far bigger deal than arbitration. I don't think Torres. Okay. Is gonna, All right, so arbitration uh, the, don't hold much value to you. No, I don't think so. No, unless they, you know, go straight to court and all that stuff, like it did with Potensis. But I don't, I, I, I don't think it's a big deal personally. Okay. Evan, did you have a thought? It's not a big deal at all. That's just how the game works. The big deal is when the when the teams hold players in the minor leagues so that they don't have to bring them up in their service time. They get an extra year. That that's a big deal. That I'm not okay. With. Okay. But the fact that you know there's a difference in four million to eleven million. Well, Judge has had more service time, so he's you know yeah. he's earned this money. Um, what he did his rookie year is worth more than eleven million. Could have won Injuries bring it down, but unfortunately, um, no, I don't think it's a big deal. I don't is going to care that much. He's really only had one full season. Exactly. Mm-hmm. All right, Rob, you you have any comment? I agree with both both Evan and Donald said it's not really a huge deal. I, if it was, Torres would have been asking for more and it would have went to a hearing. So okay. I don't think there's really much. I mean, it's an interesting difference in a number because they're both great players. But like Evan said, uh, Judge's 2017 season was – he should have won MVP that year. And that alone is worth $11 million, So, yeah. All right. Well, listen, I'll give you credit because yeah. I really don't care either way. Um, <laughs> you know – but I was just trying to see if we can uh, rile Evan up a little bit with uh, some controversy. <laughs> but you know, I got no, no. There's no fish in my bucket on that one. So, <laughs> so uh, hard I, just, I did want to bring it up because you know it is Yankee news. Um, I, I think it's good that the Yankees are just getting this, getting all that, all that shit out of the way. You know, right? They could just continue focusing on the free agents and the trade market. You know, so yeah. that was my stance on that. Um, I was just trying to have a little fun with you guys. So <laughs> good, good job on you on your guys' part. I was actually uh, curious how that was going to go. So, um, Donald, do you think that uh, Taiwan Walker is still an option if the Castillo deal is not able to be made? It is, uh, yes. I would, I would say so. Um, I think uh, I do believe that we're working under a budget. Um, luckily, um, DJ accepting slightly uh, less salary over a longer period gives us more uh, flexibility to look at the free agent market and the trade market. Um, I would say Castillo is our uh, our main priority right now, um, but. Um, we can circle back to Taiwan Walker because, hey, listen, Cashman is reading the market uh, mm-hmm. really well. Uh, he's read it perfectly. It's a slow-moving market. There's not a lot of teams that are willing to spend right now. Right. And, uh, and Cashman's happy to wait it out to, to see what kind of prices are, are going to come available over the next period of time. Um, so that'll be what the strategy strategy is with both, um, I would say, the Castillo negotiations and uh, and also uh, free agent market. Uh, I would say um, in terms of Taiwan Walker, I, I like him. Um, but now that we've got Corey Kluber, um, to add Taiwan Walker into that as well, due to both their um, major injury histories, 
I would be very, very reticent to put those arms in there, um, because we're really talking on on injury potential with our team. That's a big issue for me. Although, as much as I like Taiwan Walker's ability, um, you know, we, Kluber and Taiwan Walker are both kind of like red flags. So uh, that's I would um, I would say one or the other. So um, that's where I'm, that's my stance on that. So, Nick, if the uh, the Yankees are not able to pull off a, a trade with Cincinnati, do you right. think that the, the, that the Yankees will just sit idle and rely on the arms that they already have? No, I think that there's, they'll still try to get somebody. I think that they still should look into getting another starter. I mean, their rotation as of now looks pretty good, but Never hurts to make try to make it even better, right? And also, yeah, I, yeah, and also, I think that they could look into getting another bullpen arm. Now, in regards with the bullpen arms, is there somebody that you would prefer they get? I haven't thought of anybody, but it just after losing Tommy Canley to the Dodgers, and he had Tommy John surgery last year. I mean, with Ch- Chapman, Britton, and Chad Green, if he's on, and also if Adam Adovino can get back to what he was before, then yeah, it's still one of the best bullpens in baseball. But it, I still would like to see them get somebody else too. I'm, I mean, I'm definitely o- at least open to it. All right. So, all right, we're going to um, wrap this up here and. On behalf of everybody from YankeeChronicles.com, we do want to ask you that you visit StatementGames.com for a unique and uh, interesting take on fantasy sports. And as always, visit DocAdamsBaseball.org. So on behalf of everybody at YankeeChronicles.com, hope you guys have a good week. We'll talk to you more tomorrow.